Shakti is a master massage therapist based in Warrenville, Illinois, and practices with not only a deep knowledge of the physical body, but also with a deep intuition of our energies. In this conversation, we talk about her spiritual journey, her spiritual teacher, why her name is Shakti, and how she navigates her massage practice physically and energetically. I've sang, you know, stages and everything when I was young. Really? (laughs) How old? I was 18, 17, 19, you know, 17 to 19 with my friends, my best buddies. Yeah. We were like a, a band wannabe. Oh, uh, that's cool. And we were like practicing all the time in one of my friends' home. The father had a land and a little, you know, like you would say your shed here, but except in France, it's like real, real walls and concrete. And we, inside we insulated and we played like the whole summer. <laughs> Wait, you grew up in France? Yeah. Oh. I, I was born and raised in France. That's why my English is going to be a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's a cool accent. So, yeah, tell me about, like, where'd you grow up and what were you like? And I just want to hear about your transition to who you are now. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in France and was a happy kid. Yeah. I had a happy childhood. My parents were, like I was telling you, raised me atheists Yeah. because they both ran away from what they were forced to do. Which was what? My mom was born, you know, to be Christian and like was a little heavy, I guess. And so mm-hmm. she didn't really feel it in her heart. Yeah. And my stepfather, who's the one who raised me after the age of one, was born in a family of Muslim, was forced to do the prayers and mm-hmm. and they didn't feel it inside, right? So yeah. they raised my sister and I completely free to be free to be completely free. And we definitely felt that freedom. They took us to travel every vacation possible. They didn't save for college. We we don't do that in France. College is almost free or whatever, you know, so it's not a big deal. So they didn't save for our first car, let's say. They just took us traveling all the time, Hmm. wherever we could. And from France, you know, you go to Spain, Italy, and then, of course, Morocco, Algeria. That was our thing. Mm. Sahara. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So that was a really happy, happy you know, childhood for me. Nothing traumatic. But my first time that I really felt like I want to do something with my hands, as far as that goes, it was back in my teens time. We were working with my best friends that I was telling you about. And just to make money, when it's the wine season time, you go to the fields and you get the job to cut the grapes, fill the buckets and bring it all. It's heavy work, but you make money like that. Hmm. And we were all so sore at the end of the day. So we'd massage each other where we crashed together, you know, as a group of friends. And I remember that I really felt that this is something awesome, how I can help somebody feel so much better. And we all did it and we all enjoyed it, but I clearly was the one that lasted a long time and Mm -hmm. was into it and 
And I felt it. That was the first time that I kind of felt it, you know. You guys were just doing whatever yeah, felt good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whatever felt good. And I was going with, well, I know what feels good on me. So I have a good idea of what, like, you know, and just contouring and feeling the body. Like, I guess I got something I like to feel <laughs> with my hands, you mm-hmm. know. And also I was very, uh, like, athletic. I was a high energy kind of person. What kind of sports did you do? A little bit of everything. But the main, main thing was ballet. Mm. Ballet for, like... 12 years altogether, you know? Yeah. But at school, I tried everything, like swimming and gymnastic and tennis and, I don't know, tried it all. (laughs) Volleyball for a long time. But ballet was my thing, more than jazz at the end. But that was up until high school. Mm -hmm. And after that, at first thought I was going to be a PE teacher or maybe something in that regard because I really liked sport. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life, actually. And after high school, I said, okay, I'm going to try this school to be a PE teacher. And I didn't pass the exam because it was like maybe a thousand or more of us. And they only took 50 boys and 50 girls. And, oh, wow. and they all looked like they were pros. And I was like, <laughs> where do they come from? My God. And I thought I was good, you know. Yeah. It was a big slap. I was like, what? And then I was like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be a PE teacher, you know. Yeah. And that shook everything off of me. And then I started to feel like I need to just leave France and travel around and figure myself out. And I left, I was 19 going on 20. And I went first to St. Martin because there there was somebody that told me it's great and it's half French, so you'll find your way to get a job. St. Martin in the Caribbean. Okay. Half French, half Dutch island. I've never heard of that island before. <laughs> Saint Bart is where people, the celebrities talked about Saint Bart. It's right next to Saint Martin. And I, I in, live in a cave. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful island of the Caribbean. Okay. Um, it is highly touristic, but it's a good place to come out of your home, get a job, and it's beautiful. The ocean, nature, and just a different lifestyle, you know, and discovering what do I want to do. But so I'm there for like about eight months and I'm still not ready to come home or I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> so I ended up traveling more mm-hmm. with the money that I saved for eight months with wow. a girl that I met there. We just became best friends, two French girls, and we continued traveling in the Caribbean. And the idea was just go around the Gulf and then come back eventually to get our stuff and go home maybe. Mm-hmm. But that never happened like that. (laughs) So we went slowly from one island to the other. Like 25 years ago, right? Or more or so. Mm -hmm. So back in those days, like, we were careful, but we were still very adventurous. Like, we traveled light. Just a tiny bag, two pair of pants, two Mm t-shirts, credit card, everything tight, you know, keeping tight and safe. And we traveled hitchhiking from island to island. (laughs) Yeah. Was that uncommon Back, Back then, no. We saw a bunch of people doing exactly what we were doing. Yeah. And that's where we got inspired and find out it's, it's okay if you know how to move and be aware and be conscious. We were conscious. We were not like... What do you mean conscious? What, conscious of, like, of how bad we, characters? Yeah, how we move, what is safe and what is not safe. Because mm. this is like you up it's yourself in the wilderness and anything yeah. can happen, right? So we were aware and conscious in the sense of picking up energies of who is a good person that we can trust and who is like Mm-mm, something, right? So always paying attention, always. I guess that's the sense that we developed a lot during that time, sensing energies and intentions in people mm. and keeping each other safe like that. But we had 
tremendous fun. We discovered a lot. And we were both in search of spirituality, but we didn't really know it quite clearly. You know what I mean? I knew a little bit more because I was like in a deeper quest. I was already vegetarian back then. Cause okay. Can, can we go back then? Yeah. So let's... When I left France at 19, mm. I, I had just like for about a year became vegetarian because since the age of seven, I didn't want to eat animals. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it took all this time for me to take that power over and do it. Because <laughs> yeah. at first my parents were like, no, you have to eat it. You know, I came from a family where you eat meat and that's normal, right? It didn't taste good to you? It wasn't about the taste. It was about the fact that when my brain connected the fact that meat was a living entity and an animal, mm -hmm. I just couldn't accept that. And I was just brainwashed to keep eating it because mm. for me I need it. Yeah. But I couldn't put those two things together. Yeah. So that was the first reason, true reason why I wanted to be vegetarian. Then many other reasons came along about, you know, health and yeah. the earth, everything. But the first reason was like, why would I eat my friends? <laughs> <laughs> These are the things I can eat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You were telling me about the story about the stone and energy. That's, yeah. Can you tell that? When did that happen? That happened just when we finished the last island in the Caribbean and we got sidetracked to Venezuela. Okay. And now we've arrived to the last island that's close to Margarita. And Margarita is not Caribbean anymore. I mean, it is, but it's not, you know, English Calypso. It's... Spanish and it's Venezuela mm -hmm. and it, it, we got attracted because a lot of people told us it's a beautiful country and you will love it the nature is gorgeous people are so kind and mm. different type of energy and so we were curious we wanted to feel it so we said okay let's do a detour so Margarita then we said okay let's go see Venezuela let's go see the land so we went to the land First, Caracas. Caracas was like, oof, it's this huge city and pollution. We couldn't take it first. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we went straight to the mountains up in Merida, high top mountains in Venezuela, close to the Colombian border. And that's where I met an artist in the street who I became friend with. And he told me so much about the stones and the astrology and the power of nature. And we were near a river there that was looking red and amber and it's because of the minerals and all those minerals were like I was bathing in it every day and I could feel how it was healing my foot I had broken my foot and this was helping me and I started to be open to everything around me and I started to hear everything talking to me you know what I mean <laughs> no <laughs> tell me more okay so my search was like I want to know why I'm here and what's the, the purpose of my life and the meaning of, of everything. Why is this planet here? Why are we here? And mm -hmm. why is people suffering? Why are we, what are we looking for? What's the, but I don't know that what I'm looking for is so much bigger than me and that it's also inside of me. So I just can't see it. But at that time in my life, there were so many different messages coming to me through people mm -hmm. telling me different from different backgrounds, t telling me about that same message that you got to talk to it to feel it and hear it back. I say it because, but it's God, it's the totality, it's the universe, it's love, consciousness. Mm -hmm. So how to connect, you know, so everybody gave me the versions of how to do it. But it, what I learned through that experience was that it was that I had to open myself to it. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to start to hear it. And I did. It was like signals and signs like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. All of a sudden, it started to talk to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
that's the best way I can put it. Yeah. And uh, this is that time of my life where the first really spiritual entity that came to me to talk to me was my spiritual mentor or guru who is, was in Venezuela at that time with his ashram. And his mission was simply to alleviate the humanity and the suffering of humanity through giving knowledge of consciousness and being present and letting go of what is not. And so that's... How did you find him? Through this artist in the street oh, who okay. just talked to me about beautiful things. And for about, I think, about three weeks, I was very, very curious. And at the end, I said to him, but how do you know all this? And where does that all that come from? And he finally told me, well, most of what I've told you, I've learned from my spiritual teacher. And I said, what? You have a spiritual teacher? And he said, yes, yeah, guru. I have my guru. And I think my guru maybe wants to to talk to you too <laughs> through me because there was a strong, you know, feeling there that as soon as I heard that, word you have a spiritual mentor I said well can I meet him mm-hmm. and it's funny because at that time I thought I was going to find maybe a shaman or because I wanted to go to Brazil and go through the Amazon and I thought there I will find the answer to everything you know <laughs> yeah. in my mind I had bought some big boots and I was going to cross the Amazon but then I broke my foot <laughs> I broke my foot some friend with a paint uh, artist from the street I was telling you did something for me to read some my destiny. It's called the I Ching, you know, mm-hmm. the I Ching book. Yeah. Okay, so the, I had no experience with it, and they did it in a very serious, sincere way. And the message was very clear. The message was, don't go anywhere. Wait right here. The master is coming. <laughs> and uh, within a few days, my friend painter told me about his guru, and I went to the ashram and. This is where everything kind of started because the message mm. was so clear. And the feeling that I felt when I arrived was like, this is home. This is what I was looking for. Mm. Just through the words, you know. And yeah. And how long did you stay there? I actually ended up living in the ashram there for about a year. Yeah. And then I had the opportunity to go to San Francisco. This is where everything shifted, the second shift that I left South America and the mm-hmm. Caribbean and moved to San Francisco. And uh, through different ways, I was able to live there for about 14 years, actually, before wow. I came down to Illinois. Why did you go to San Francisco? So one of the uh, ashram that my spiritual teacher wanted to run was with some ladies already there in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And um, we were asked if we wanted to join. And I really wanted to go to America because I wanted to learn English also. Mm. Oh, you didn't know any English? I then. didn't know much English, only the little bit that I learned in the Caribbean. But I did seven years at school. But, you know, when you come out of school, it's not the same yeah, English. Yeah, it's not the same. I was so, so sad <laughs> when I realized that I understood nothing <laughs> when people talk to me in English. And uh, so I had a goal was to definitely master the language. And so I said, you know, that's a good opportunity. Why not? And I took that chance. And I was very grateful that I was invited. And through that organization, I was able to live there. And for about and it was many years, but it was just ladies. It was just girls. It was very interesting. That's cool. It was a small, just eight of us. Mm. And we had the best time of our lives. Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Are you still pretty tight with all of them? Um, especially one of them, but everybody sort of grew different ways. This was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. How many years ago was it? Well, 2003 is when... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
2003 was like oh, the end of it. So, mm, yeah. I can see that. I mm -hmm. don't talk to a lot of people from 2003. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My son was born in 2004. Mm. So he's almost 18. And, um, well, that's the long story of about, you know, the story of my son and coming from there to here with his father and our divorce and his father got joined the army and that's why we ended up here. That wasn't my choice really to move from California to Warrenville. Yeah. You know? But we made it work. We made it work and the most important is that I came here. I was a single mom then with my son and it worked out. We were blessed. You know, well, we what, made it. How long ago? Um, so I guess I've been here for 11 years, 12 years. So 12 years ago, you were a single mom here? Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. He was seven? Yes, it was about seven. That's right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but we were blessed. Definitely, yeah. definitely blessed. And then we met my current husband, who's been a great influence with us. He's from here. Mm -hmm. I love that he knew everything about here. We used to drive around like this was just a field of corn before. There was nothing else. <laughs> wow, what a journey. And then how did, what about all this stuff? The so the massage, the first course, San Francisco was definitely the longest course. Just like uh, before my son was born, I started really technically a year before I got pregnant. And then I was visiting friends in Canada. And that's the first very course that I did. It was just like one weekend course of mm -hmm. massage, yeah. deep tissues, culturing, therapy. It was very intense, and I was like, wow. It was just there. It was an opportunity. I said, let me try, because mm -hmm. I always kind of wanted to learn a little bit. And that really introduced me to why I, I like it so much to, with my hands, you know, learn the body and make somebody feel better and heal. And and the power of touch, of course, because I guess I'm being on touching and feeling through my hands. Mm -hmm. So that was the first experience. And then in San Francisco, I decided to make it a career. And I did the 11 months course, Bryman College, that does not exist anymore. And that's when I, I was able to get my license and get mm -hmm. started in the field. Yeah. And then after that, you continued education, you know, every two years. And I kept oh, is that learning. A, you have, it's a requirement? Yeah, to yeah. renew your license. Every two years, you got to do at least 24 hours of continued education. That's cool. It is. I think, I think it think should it's, be more. It's awesome. Yeah. And every time I do it, I get so excited because I remember things and I learn new things. And, yeah. and you always learn, you know, as far as massage, especially everywhere I traveled, I also learned informally more about massage. Like when yeah. I was in India for a period of my life, mm -hmm. when the time I was in San Francisco, I went about three months in India with okay. a friend. And over there, I get exposed to all these different ways of how they massage over there, infants. Mm. And so... Everywhere you go, you learn and you can absorb it, not just in school. That's what yeah. I mean to say. <laughs> you don't ever get burned out by it? That's a good question. Um, I see a lot of massage therapists that do get burned out. And also because physically it's, you know, it's... Demanding. So some people say it's, it's physical. And after five years, that's kind of the lifespan of a massage therapist, I think. Oh, really? Five years. Huh. It's not very long, is it? I do have a friend who is kind of like that. She's like, I, I'm not, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I'm going on 18 years and I'm still feeling great. But there's a few things here. It's because... Yes, it's physical, but if you have good biomechanics and you know how to move with your body, you won't hurt yourself. And that can become like an exercise or a meditation also, because you can move around the table in a very gracious way when you know how to not hurt yourself. And I was lucky mm. enough to have really wonderful instructors that taught me that. 
some of the therapists, I know they quit because they feel like the energy part of it, like they feel drained mm -hmm. and they feel too much exchange of energy in between them and their clients. And mm -hmm. that's because perhaps they don't know how to protect themselves or beyond protecting yourselves. I think the way for me, it doesn't affect me as much at least is because my conception that I've learned from my spiritual teacher is not to give my own energy if rather to just be a medium. So I consider that I'm here just like it's flowing through me, but I'm God not- God is flowing through you. Right. Yeah. The universe, the energy of the universe is flowing through me mm -hmm. and I'm just going to let it flow. I'm not going to retain it. I'm not going to take their energy and give my energy. It's just going to flow through me. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like a vision, a conception. So just having that conception, I think works in itself. Mm. I mean, there are symbols and all kinds of things you can do. Some people wash their hands with salt and, you know, there's all kind of other things you can do to, or like the stones and, you know. Yeah. You don't uh, do any of that? You just do the image of Every the now and then I may do some of it if I feel something stronger that, that needs to be done. But mm -hmm. for the most part, I, th I feel just my conception keeps me in the right place not to be affected. Yeah. And do you, do you keep that in your consciousness every session? Are you really intentional about it or is it like kind of in the background it's always there and sometimes it has to be more intentional than others yeah. but it's always there it's because always, you yeah. feel like oh i need to really yes. be centered right it now. depends on what's coming to you and yeah. you have sometimes you have to sort of focus more you know otherwise um, um but what i want to say is that if it's always in the background it's like it's becoming automatic but you're still conscious of it it's both at the same time mm. because i also like chant mantras in my mind sometimes you know oh. well the mantras yeah. that was given to me for that purpose by my spiritual teacher. Yeah. So that's uh, that's another thing I need to say that I was blessed by by my spiritual teacher to do that. You know, he blessed my hands to do that. You know what I mean? So oh, a lot to do your work. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I think that's why it works. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> And with the mantra, you can't tell people what it is, right? No, yeah. Everybody can have their own mantra, though. <laughs> yeah, but what, what, what's the idea behind not telling someone else the mantra? Well, mantra should be received from a living higher power source. Mm -hmm. You can pick up a mantra from a, a book or, you know, online. anywhere online. Yeah. And, and you will get some result. My guru has answered that question before. And, yeah, you will get some result, you know. But when it's passed down from a living source, the seed is alive. It's a very different principle how it would work, you know? Mm -hmm. And so a mantra that's given to you is not meant for you to give to others, you know? Yeah. So that's how I so look at it. So it's not like if you tell me your mantra, it's going to ruin your mantra experience. No, no, it's not. But but it's not for me to give a mantra. I think that's how I look at it also. Because mm, it's sacred or how? Yeah, mantras are given from um, the way I look at it in the traditional, you know, maybe uh, Hindu way. Mm -hmm. It should be given from a higher power. Yeah. So if you want it to be alive and real and, and work inside you, you know what yeah. I mean? So I'm I guess not the way I see it is, I, I, th I think everything is sacred. And there are things to remind us of the sacred and things that like, for instance, sex right the sex that we have with a partner is is sacred and well not for everybody it but, should uh, be yes 
for、mm-hmm. a majority of people, I think, or maybe、mm-hmm. I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, they keep it sacred between、yes. the, the two, right?、Yes. And maybe it's kind of like that sort of spirit, like to treat it with a sense of respect. Yes, exactly. It's personal.、Yeah. You know, it's、yeah. a personal thing. So it's,、uh, that's not how I help. I, know, I don't help people by giving them a mantra. I help、yeah. them by telling them that they can have a mantra if they want. They can chant a mantra, but I just help people just come back to the center and just breathe and forget about everything. Observing their breathing is the key that we were all given to、uh, pass down. That is definitely what I tell people observe your breathing. That's、mm-hmm. the best way to let everything else fade away. That's so interesting. And receive a massage. You know, yeah, the ear massages are amazing. <laughs> Thank you, they're powerful. They're, I, th- I think it reaches underneath the physical, beyond the physical.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope so. Damn, I need a guru, I'm gonna <laughs> manifest a guru in my life because、well, I, I, f- I feel like I, I just keep going to different places and、mm-hmm. searching and searching, and maybe that's my path、mm-hmm. for this life. And, That's okay. But yeah, that sounds awesome to have a guru say, This is what you're going to do. And like to bless my hands. And, you know, I manifested a desire and he checked my hands and said, Yes, you can do it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. How is the community growing? In fact, it would be maybe the opposite because my, um, My spiritual teacher is not really interested in accumulating followers or、yeah. accumulating anything for that matter. He really wants to help some people. And I think what happens is that maybe the group became smaller because it's more about who is really sincere and、mm. who is really practicing. Yeah. And so he's investing a lot of his energy into a, f- a smaller group, I would、yeah. say, that can be trained to kind of. Keep going, giving that same message around、yeah. the world, something like、yeah. that. And you know, the eight women that you were with in、yeah. San Francisco, have a lot of them stopped? Some of them have stopped because, you know, life has taken them in different、yeah. paths, especially when there's like marriage and children. That can be a big side tracker. <laughs> oh my God. Tell me about so, it. And that's pretty much what happened to all of them. <laughs>、yeah. But it didn't happen to you. And you yeah, had to do it I was as a single mother too. I was blessed. Yes, I was blessed. I struggle, I have to say. It does come and go. And it's a practice that one has to keep within yourself, and nobody really can. Do it but you, you know, that、yeah. maintaining this fire alive, right? Did, okay, so two questions. One question is what do you mean by maintain? Do you mean like meditating regularly, practicing meditation, your mantra? Is that what you mean? Whatever is the practice that's going to make you connect with your center、mm. and go inside. It could be meditation, it could be even a bike ride, you know, but、yeah. it has to be something that helps you go inside. And then for you, did you have periods where like, You weren't doing any of that for a、Some、pretty good chunk of, of your life? Yes, yeah, yeah. There was time of my life precisely when I、uh, fell in love with the father of my child. There was a period where I was a little bit taking astray from it and、mm-hmm. didn't practice as much. And sure enough, I could feel how all of a sudden there w a s so many more influences that would affect me that、yeah. I didn't feel before because I was so centered before.、Mm-hmm. So it took, you know, it was the lessons of my life, you、yeah. know, that took me away to learn to, I really, really want this. So I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to fight、yeah. for staying centered. Yeah. Definitely. I had those experiences. That's why I say it's something that is not that easy coming. Yeah. It's,、uh, 
you have to work at it like anything else to keep it alive. Like fight for it, like fight yourself or fight people in I'll your life. I'll give you just those words that my guru says all the time. That what that's what I mean. Rage, rage against the dying of the lights. Don't go so gently into that good night. So fight against with your consciousness, even if it's a tiny little flame, but you rage against it. You don't let it die just to go into that soft, sweet night of other illusionary material illusions, you know, and energies. Yeah. Okay, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the soft thing is... So, so your guru is teaching that the soft thing, you, you want to fight against that? The soft thing here would be what is not you, what is not you, the real you, would be what mm. represents your ego, yeah. that personality that you build all your life, yeah. only to realize one day, but is that really me or is that yeah. you know made what, up? What was that for you, the soft? Was it the relationship being in love that was the soft yeah, thing for you? Yeah, that's... And Sure, that and having a child and even things about relationship with my mother, for example. Yeah, that's your challenging one, your mom? Yeah, a little bit. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, huh? Is she, is she still around? Yes. Is it still challenging? No, not no. anymore. We've worked it out. <laughs> yeah. When, did, when do you feel like that flipped or how do you feel like that, that changed for you? Um, when she finally saw that... I was a very happy person and that mm. it was all okay. Even things that she didn't understand, she finally accepted, you know? Yeah. And I felt that. So I see. that felt good. <laughs> yeah. I really believe that everybody, <laughs> that part of their growth in this lifetime has to do with their parents. And I, I really find that true with my relationship with my mom, even my dad. I, I've, I've been learning a lot of stuff. My dad passed away, and I've been learning that, oh, maybe I was angry at my dad. I, I never thought I had any, any anger or any judgment towards my dad. And as I'm digging more deeply, I'm, like, seeing that, oh, I, maybe I felt abandoned by my dad because he's just quiet. He, You know, I, he, my mom was the one who, like, physically disciplined me and, like, was very, like, harsh on me, and my dad was just chill. But maybe there was a part of me that felt like, oh, he didn't do anything mm -hmm. to protect me. And so like, I'm going deep and then forgiving mm -hmm. a lot of it and accepting him and accepting my mother. And I think, I think a huge part of healing is just acceptance and releasing. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh my God. So much. So I really believe that too. Um, I think that so many things happen when we are children that we don't understand at that mm -hmm. time. And we interpret it in some ways that can be very dramatic and traumatic. But mm -hmm. when we look back, if we can, if we are lucky enough to remember and dig a little bit in that subconscious of what happened to us and look at it with our eyes today and realize, well, in fact, my father was not maybe what I thought he was. Maybe he was not abandoned. Maybe he just didn't know how to talk. But his yeah. affection... I couldn't feel because he didn't show, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. then you realize actually maybe it wasn't that bad. And then that's how we can heal. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Definitely I agree with what you just said. Wow. Are you excited about your son leaving the house and being his Wow, own that's thing? a double edged question. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course I am. 
And it's at the same time, so it is a, such a strong, powerful attachment that one mm. feels for their children. Um, I do have one thing that I appreciate about myself is I don't feel like fearful. I don't have so much fear. You yeah. know, I have faith yeah. that even though right now that may not look like he knows what he's doing or what, <laughs> I have faith that he's going to find his way and he'll know what to do yeah. and he'll make it and he'll be happy, yeah. you know. <laughs> do you, have you always been like that in um, terms of the fear versus faith? Or is that something you learned from your guru? You know, I think I've always had some faith, even when I didn't know about faith. Mm. I always thought there was something with me protecting me. This is a feeling that I've always, always had. Mm. Since very young, I didn't know what it was. And I, re I, I remember telling myself, maybe I have a good star. I must have a good star because I felt so lucky and what protected. What do you mean good star? I didn't know what else to say back then, you know, like they oh, say. Oh, that's what you said as a kid? Yeah. I must have a good star. I must have a good star, you know. Mm. And so I always had that positive thing of like having faith that it's going to be okay because something was there to protect me in the first place, even though I didn't know what it was or where it came from. And at times it was so strong. I remember at school, I, it was like a presence. I remember uh, elementary school, I felt that protection was so strong that I, I was like, maybe my mom is peeking behind the window, looking at me to see if I'm behaving really good, you know? Because that presence was so strong. I, f I thought it was my mom looking at me. Mm -hmm. And looking back at these things, and when I remember, I think it's just because I could feel the presence of God, and it's just natural for me to have faith, even though I knew nothing about it. I wasn't taught that, right? So when I met my guru, yes, it became all clear. Everything made sense. <laughs> That's what happened. So you're... You were spiritual, you just didn't know yeah, you were. Exactly. Yeah. And now I'm learning to understand it and talk about it and express it and use it to help others, you know? Yeah. To find their own center. Yeah. Do you have a lot of clients asking about your guru and spirituality and stuff? Some, yeah, some. some. Eventually, you know, yeah. when you build up a little relationship and trust, a lot of people are attracted to higher powers and understanding yeah. outside of the box of what they've heard already, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have clients who actually read the book? And, oh, yeah. Yes, oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah. Some clients have read the book and have uh, requested the their personal power mantra, as we call it. Yeah. And my guru gives it for free as a, as a gift, you know, uh, gifts of gold. <laughs> yeah. um, I, my service is to make a little mantra pack for the person with little beads and everything and show them a little bit how to, if yeah. they don't know how to start a meditation. Yeah. And the mantra is there to help because the mantra is the sound vibration. It's a personal mantra, which means that my spiritual teacher actually makes a special meditation on the person and a particular sound vibration comes to him. So that's why it's personal mantra. Mm -hmm. But when you chant it, in, in fact, not only the sound vibration will help you, <clears throat> like, you know, elevate the vibration, purify the energies, recenter yourself, but when you chant it, the silence that comes right after is where you really feel hmm. that presence. And that's kind of how my guru trying to explain it, explain it, you know, chanting the mantra, yeah. the silence after the mantra is even more important to hear. Hmm. Interesting. And feel. I should do the mantra thing. It's in the book, right? How to get it? Yeah. At the end? Yeah. yeah. It's just a simple little request. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try it out. Totally. 
Is there an ashram here that like you're involved in? No, not here. Uh, the main ashram is in Panama currently because Venezuela become very difficult politically, as you know, in the oh, economy. Okay. So that ashram eventually kind of drifted to Panama. Yeah. And a lot of people that were from Venezuela moved and migrated to Panama. Mm. Still in Venezuela, there's also an ashram that maintained, but it's smaller because yeah. it's a lot difficult. But some people stayed and are keeping it alive, but it's a smaller group. Mm. So at this point, we had many centers at one point. But like I told you, over the years, our guru was not interested in accumulating yeah. more people and more it's followers. It's just hard. When it's bigger, it just gets political. Yes, it's exactly. Just... How can you keep it authentic and real And yeah. when there's all this, you know? And, I mean, he's doing such a beautiful job in how he's teaching. And we, you know, we are just a group of whoever is left right now. I think it's about maybe... I don't know the number. I don't have an official number to mm -hmm. give, but um, we just really want to learn and help each other and the world. So, yeah. so that feels good. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. We went through a period where there was others that, you know, you know, some people, like they say, you go to the church and you find God and Satan. You can find both at the church, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that means that some people end up there, but that's not because they have real good intentions and that's not where they belong. And yeah. so they end up leaving eventually. Yeah. Do so, they get kicked out or how, how does um, It's never like that? that. They leave. Oh, <laughs> People okay. that don't belong leave. <laughs> yeah. Does your son and your husband do spirituality too? Um, so my husband is Irish Catholic. That's his background. Okay. Although he's not really practicing, but he has his own personal relationship with God. Yeah. But when he met me, he was very interested and inclined, very respectful. And he is supporting me in being the person I want to be in this practice and in this life and yeah. everything. And he actually has his mantra and chants it sometimes too. Oh, that's cool. My son also received it because he, you know, when he was younger. And at this point, I don't know how much he remembers it. Yeah. <laughs> He's 17 going on 18. Yeah. But I never forced anything on him though. Um, yeah. I never wanted to tell him you should do this. This is how it's done. And he saw me though. You know, he saw me do yoga and chant and breathe funny in the morning. And <laughs> yeah. so he knows what I believe in and what I stand for. And yeah. and he told me one day, not too long ago, something that really reassured me. He said, I don't know how you did it, but all these values that I have, I guess, I don't know how you put it in my head, but I certainly, I sure have them. <laughs> so, you know, that's something cool. came through, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's a, you're a good example. I love my mom. But she, she taught me because she, this is what you believe. This is how you do things. Like, you know, it's very set out. And, and then I, as I grew older, I saw, oh, you know, I, I can see I need to undo a lot of that. And um, so with my son, I'm trying to practice, okay, like, just let him be, give him some space to, like, figure shit out for himself. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes it's minimum guidance mm. that we have to give, more yeah. freedom to experience. Yeah, it, it's hard. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> yes, because there's a fine line. <laughs> Too much freedom also, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What a journey. <laughs> so what's your like area of growth you're going through now personally? So I think I think I'm more and more interested in passing down messages and 
everything that I've learned that I uh, appreciate and I'm grateful for. And as far as my career here as a massage therapist, I feel like I want a little bit more to share that and teach yeah. that. Um, so hopefully that's something that I'll be able to do in the next you know, few years to set myself up to do something like that. Uh, how, what does that look like? Just sprinkling messages to your clients? or um, That I already do. <laughs> <laughs> um, f- according to what comes and what's necessary or what they do demand from me, you know, mm. that I feel. But no, I'm talking like outside of the massage room in like maybe that, you know, classroom where I can teach massage techniques for infant massage. That's one thing I always wanted to do. Mm. <laughs> I love massaging infants. So I'd like to be able to one day when the couple just had a baby, they can come with a baby and I can show them, you know, how to massage. Yeah. Um, Does it apply to toddlers too or just babies? Well, we can and start with infants, but yeah, if it's yeah. if you already had your kid and you want to bring it, you can. <laughs> well, I'm thinking it would be cool to because there's a lot of babies in my neighborhood. Yeah, to like do like a workshop. All right, for the neighborhood. That's another and, idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. I can be here receiving people that can be workshop in other places. Yeah. I can move around, but definitely the idea of sharing what I've learned is coming to me more and more strongly. Mm. And of course, everything that I'm learning, you know, from my spiritual teacher as well. Yeah. It's all kind of blend together, you know, in yeah. one big thing yeah. of helping, healing, sharing, yeah. loving, and loving ourselves. We have to f- not forget that. Yeah. <laughs> we can't. Do you have a hard time loving yourself sometimes? Every now and then, when I'm not happy with my son, for example, my husband, then I know I'm having a problem with myself. Mm, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people know that. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it really took me a, a long time. So I'd say like five years ago, someone introduced the idea that whatever I'm not happy with someone else, it's really what's in me, the mirror principle. Like I... I had to like sit with that. Yes. Like, how yes. can that be true? Yes. Right. And then after a while, <laughs> it becomes I, clear. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you know that you can't change someone, mm. but what can be changed in that situation is how you respond to it, how you see it, how you look at it, from what angle, mm. and what are you going to do? How are you going to react? You know. So, yeah, at times I get mad at myself and I'm like, okay, forgive yourself. It's okay. I still love myself. I make mistakes, but I want to do better. I'm going to try better. Wow. Did it take you? uh, This is a crazy jump. That's fine. (laughs) Did, Did it take you a while to get your business into a healthy place? Well, for Illinois location, when you just arrive from California, you can't use your license. So you got to go uh, through the whole process of getting a license oh, in shit. Illinois. So because of that, the first two and a half years, I was in the chiropractic environment, which I already had done in California. And I had moved on to the big and major spas. And I had moved on to doing couples at home with my own table. Yeah. So I was doing a lot better even financially. And I had like a solid clientele. Mm-hmm. But then moving here, I had to start from scratch. So the license process was long going back to the chiropractic field. And then eventually I was able to, when I got my home, I was able to have a massage room in my home. And mm-hmm. that was wonderful for about a year or two. 
I got my client to come at home and I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. And then I rented a room from a Heidi salon and spa oh, okay. for seven years. And being there for seven years, I already had people following me from the chiropractic care to home. And then they came to Heidi. So I already had like a little group of people that were following me. And then yeah. being at the salon, I definitely accumulated. Just, I would say, just being in one spot and doing your work with your heart, then organic traffic just keeps coming, right? Yeah. That's kind of how I did it. How did you start it off? Did you just walk into a chiropractic Practice. I actually moved here and I, I did Greatlist and I found Amanda Bore, health source of Warrenville, wanted help with massage therapist. Oh, okay. I said, okay. I called her and we met and we clicked right away and yeah. I started to do massage therapy with uh, in her little chiropractic care. Uh, and it just business. built up from there. And it built up from there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about it, it's amazing. It took a little while. I would say it takes about five years to feel like you have something solid, you know, like people, yeah. you know, I hear and then and then it just keeps building. Like right now, I want to say I'm it's I can I can keep taking new clients, but I'm really maxed out, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I should get more massages from you <laughs> before you have zero space. It, you're really one of the one of my favorite massage Thank therapists you. ever. Thank you. Ever I wish I could massage myself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, what do you do for yourself? No, I do, but I mean, I wish I could be you, and then and then I massage myself too. I, I, I hear I hear you, but like, do you go <laughs> to someone really else bad? to get a massage? Yes, I do. Yeah. I do, and I always said you should have. I should have three massage therapists, and I finally have three. <laughs> oh, really? Because one is not enough. We are too busy, so uh, we can never find the time, right? Because yeah. we want to trade and help each other, but we're so busy. So now. I have three girls and they all know others too. And we keep like, you know, switching around and trading and, Aww. and they all do different type of work. And I love it. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I'm due. I'm due for my massage right now. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Well, what do you feel like is the benefit of massage? Massage, the first benefit besides all the wonderful things for, you know, uh, inflammation, blood pressure, stress, release of dopamine and all these things just the first thing is touch that's the first thing so many people don't realize that that's something they may lack in their life and when you don't have a, a good touch i mean like a loving touch mm -hmm. loving touch healing touch loving touch touch with good intention mm -hmm. like when your mom holds you you know when you mm -hmm. just fell down and your mom holds you and you feel that comfort that touch like um the first time i really realized massage is, is crucial is essential like to live to be happy to really to to thrive to be healthy if i'm not touched uh, you can't survive it's actually in the orphanages in back in uh, i think the 30s or early years they were not understanding why those babies were dying they had everything they had all the medical care and the nutrition and everything was there but they were not held and so they would die that's crazy no mm. so i see massage therapy beyond massage therapy <laughs> yeah i mean touch that's the first thing you know and then the flow that you create in the body is amazing, especially for people that sit at a desk all day and don't get to move. All of a sudden you move all these bodily fluids and it's crazy what happens. The detox effect uh, that clears all the toxins out of the way and then new blood, new oxygen, new nutrition flows everywhere. What's the symptom of having toxins stuck and 
blood not flowing? Well, when if you have too many toxins and blood is not flowing, then you're sick. Then you have like the flu, you have okay. one of those things. Toxins in the body in the injured areas of the body. The injured areas are tight, wherever it's really tight, it can't flow. The fluids are not flowing. Mm. And there's more accumulations of those toxins. And, and also sometimes people that work out a lot, you know, they release a lot of lactic acid and that deposits also. Mm -hmm. And if you don't massage it, break it down or drink so much water to eliminate it, that's going to create more tightness and less movement, more um, like no range of motion, you know, you're all yeah. tight, you can't move. So. Okay, so touch, blood flow, toxins getting released. That's right, clearing all, all the pathways. Clearing all the pathways. And so everything reconnects, you know, everything is being touched, everything is reactivated. For like example, you're talking about nervous system? Yeah, the muscles, you know, neuromuscular system. So when mm. I touch your muscles, if this muscle is not working because it's been tired or it's been sick or it's been, you know, injured. Are you looking, you keep looking at like my arm or something? Are you seeing <laughs> that I'm tight or something? Is there a problem on my body? This shoulder is way lower than the other one. That's oh, what I'm looking okay. at. <laughs> Your left shoulder is way lower. Shit. So yeah, you need something need on your left. Come by. I'll come by in August because you're going on a long vacation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Only 13 days. I'll be back. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so, um, sorry, what was that saying? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you're talking, okay, we were talking about releasing toxins, the muscle, neuromuscular. Yes, when I touched every part of the body, which I do, it's a complete, I like to do a full body massage. Every now and then somebody just wants the back, but I usually try to convince them, let me just do everything, we'll spend more, more time on the back. Mm -hmm. When every muscle is touched, that means that those who were dormant get activated and awakened, and the muscles that were too tight and working too hard get a little break. Mm. So as soon as the person stands up, even if the, the massage therapist doesn't know what they're doing, essentially, as long as the touch is loving, mm -hmm. when that person stands up, everything is completely different in the body. It's mm -hmm. a new balance that happens at the first step, everything is new. Mm -hmm. So that in itself is like a miracle. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it reconnects the body and the mind, like awareness to the body. And also the body becomes more like, not less material. All of a sudden you feel your body more like in a spiritual sense mm -hmm. because you feel the totality of it. Yeah. Everything. Even your feet, which people disconnect with their feet. What do you mean? Most people don't think about their feet like it belongs to them. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> so when everything is touched, everything is reconnecting together and all of a sudden you are, the, you are this whole thing and you feel it from inside out, outside in. And you feel light, obviously. We know that's mm -hmm. the feeling when you get up. Like, you feel like you have wings. All of a sudden, it's like, wow. Yeah. Me and Laura, we, we haven't done it in a while, but f for a few weeks, we were massaging each other and touching each other in the evening while Arrow's asleep. Hmm. And that was amazing. And I feel like I had more energy during that period of time. And you just inspired me to... Do it again. Keep doing yeah. it. It's like a practice. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, again, you're touching each other. That's life. It's exchange of, of life. And it's with affection, you know? Mm -hmm. It's... Yeah. Can only help heal. Yeah. Because a mom hug really heals. Mm. <laughs> it's that vibration, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> did, uh, did your guru kind of guide you in terms of life direction? Not really, no. no. 
that's not his role, you know? Yeah. Like, even if one asks him, like, shall I do this or shall I do that? He will say, you have to decide, you know? Yeah. He may yeah. give some insights like to that. help you, mm. but he will never decide for you, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> what are those crystals on the top by the book? Right, those big crystals. That was a gift from one of my awesome good friend in San Francisco, Christina, also called Ganga Gopi. Mm. <laughs> and she flows like the Ganga River. She's like a giving person that you would never, I mean, it's crazy how it, you can, you see her and you see the flow, literally, it's like visible. Mm. <laughs> wow. She gives everything to everybody. And that's mm. why she's always given things like, you know, she's a recycling energy <laughs> loving machine. Wow. <laughs> so she gave me those ma ama amazing crystals, which I forgot the name, but the smoky ones are particularly good for absorbing negative energy. Yeah. So I like use them. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I use them sometimes, you know, in yeah. certain certain sessions when we, there's more energy involved, like chakra balancing or Reiki. Like how do you use them? Uh, you can use them by placing them on certain areas on the body of the person or mm -hmm. having them hold them. Yeah. And in certain directions, depending on their shape, yeah. then they work in themselves, by yeah. themselves, right? And then most of those you have to sort of cleanse with either the moon or the sunlight yeah. or even Reiki can help cleanse yeah. them so they don't hold the energy. Do, do you have friends locally who are into spirituality? No, I don't. <laughs> that is so interesting. Do you have friends? <laughs> locally, like... Okay, locally, I have some, you know, like, but it, I'm not a very, like, um, social. social person. Like, mm. you know, my husband and I, we can swing by my neighbors and spend, a little, you know, maybe one hour or something. Yeah. And they love us and we love them. But we just... Uh, so, yeah, I have, like, friends, neighbors, mostly. Yeah. My friends are my neighbors, mostly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you don't have, like, a commu community. Not here. Because, yeah. you know, my community... I, is is my spiritual family, I guess, yeah. you know, and then my family and friends with who I'm always in touch. And my first little group of special buddies from high school, we still st sort of in touch, right? Yeah. So, of course, Skype and, you know, yeah. Facebook and WhatsApp. So we still, because of that, I feel like I'm not alone here. I'm never alone, mm. you know. I don't need to build a group locally because I'm already connected everywhere. Mm. <laughs> and here I'm just trying to give. I, I don't need to build a group. I just want to give. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Well, if I need to build a group to give, maybe I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But I feel so connected already, you know, that I don't have that need. I don't feel alone yeah. or lonely. <laughs> yeah. I, were you always like that, you feel like? Well, there was a time when I lived in the ashram in a community and that was like big time, all of us together. And I enjoyed it like crazy. So yeah. I can do either or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as I'm connected from the inside, that's the thing. Mm. It happens every now and then and I feel I'm a little far maybe or, you know, but that's only when I'm out of my center. Yeah. And so that's a sign yeah. that, okay, if I feel I know I need to do a little bit more of like, okay, centering myself, doing my meditation, my breathing, just observing my breathing is just such a wonderful key that helps anybody. Yeah. Beyond, you know, understanding how to meditate. People get freaked out. How do you meditate? How do you stop thinking? Well, don't try not to think because you will never yeah, yeah. reach that. That's true. <laughs> so that's why Gurudev says, we call him Gurudev as an affectionate way, that um, the best way is to just observe your breathing and let everything else disappear. If your attention is on your breath, then that's all you see and hear and feel. Then what does it mean? That there's no thoughts. 
And if a thought come, then you can see, and we get trained over the years, you can see that thought come. Mm -hmm. And instead of engaging and another thought is going to come, it's like a train, right, with many wagons. Mm -hmm. You just let that thought pass by. And it's like, okay, yeah, I was just about to think about that. Now it's gone and going back to this breath and my heart in my center. That's cool. <laughs> well, what's that? picture on the second shelf okay that's the major one this is shakti <laughs> so the story of shakti this is it's called shri yantra shri yantra 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 and it's like sacred geometry mm -hmm. and that represents the shakti which means the inner power and feminine energy of god mm. in the feminine forms you know mm. feminine so sort of like that's what makes, you know, the energy of God that makes him move, right? Energy, right? Mm -hmm. So this is also, she's represented as the goddess Shakti, who is the wife of Lord Shiva in, in Hinduism. Mm -hmm. So you have Shiva and Shakti, then that's feminine and masculine. Mm -hmm. That's the complete uh, balance. Mm -hmm. And it's a blessing to have her design here because it purifies and everything in the room and attracts only good energy. Also, people sometimes get very attracted by looking at it and they feel something. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole story of why I wanted her with me here, because also my name was given to me as a blessing by my guru to, to bless everybody. Just saying the word Shakti has some power mm. on people and me, myself too, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a true blessing. That's not really, I am not Shakti. I'm just like the servant of Shakti, you know what I sure. mean? Yeah. <laughs> a but, channel. Right, and yeah. that's why Shakti Wellness was it resonates, you know, it was sort of a blessing for my business and mm. to people to get to feel that energy. Yeah, <laughs> I like your energy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>